This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red. A Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news, and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that, let's get on with the show. Konnichiwa, hello, thank you very much for joining us today on Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you by Red 10 People Development. I'm Rich Fay, and I've gone from the land of the rising sun to rising week instead. A massive thank you to all of you for listening to the podcast as usual, and a massive thank you to my strike partner, Nathan Salt, for keeping things in order while I was away. What did I miss? Uh, not much. Uh, just Rob and Ryan are now besties with me, and they they don't like you very much. Now they 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 like you a little bit. Um, no, it's been great. And you had a good trip, or you had? Uh, I mean, you had a good trip all in all, but couple of hiccups. Couple Sounds of like. couple of logistical hiccups. I, I don't like the way you've glossed over the fact you had Rob and Ryan on the podcast when I was away. Well, just, I don't. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to brag. I've, I don't. I don't want to brag. I, I, I. You know, I had a good time. We're now BFFs. You're not their BFF. I don't, you know, I don't really want to, I don't really want to rub it in, you know, I'm trying to be nice. I mean, it's a good thing they came on the podcast, isn't it? Because, because call it Rob Ryan Red before they were around, didn't really make too much sense, did it? But yeah, we can officially <laughs> have their endorsement. It was a class interview as well. Again, if you've not heard it, go back and listen to it. And if you want to watch it as well, it's also on YouTube, approaching 50,000 uh, views oh. now and the TikTok wow. of it as well. Is that like? Nearly three million views on the TikTok. Yeah, nearly, nearly. Yeah, so if, I, I know lots of people have TikTok, and a few people have messaged me. Go follow us on there. Um, yeah, weirdly, the the clip of Charlie Day getting told off for, for having the beer in in the box nearly at three million. So we've officially gone TikTok viral. We can tick God, that off need... our bingo card. Why have we not monetized that? We could be retired <laughs> right now, couldn't we? we just... We need to find a way to get some money from that. But yeah, well, instead, in, instead, I'm doing this podcast from the newsroom uh, at work. So I've gone mobile this week. You have gone mobile. So hopefully the audio is not too bad this week. I'm hopefully. in the loft. You're in You're in work still. Uh, there's not loads to talk about either. So it's going to be an absolute bumper uh, <laughs> podcast today. Isn't no, it? we got we got we got banned for using that word, Rich. Somebody emailed in. I said it last week. We've, we've been banned from using the B word now. We're not allowed God, to say yeah. it. Okay, I'll have to bleep. Should we bleep that out maybe in the edit? Nah, we'll see. I'll see if I see if I can be bothered. Yeah, that's that's a no then. That won't get edited <laughs> out. But yeah, I mean, Nathan, I suppose kind of big news since last week is that League Two has been confirmed now for for next season with the playoff final commencing at the weekend. Carlisle United overcoming Stockport County at Wembley on penalties. So we do now know the full twenty four teams that will be playing in League 2 next season. I will just run through those in a second and maybe get our predictions. We've got your predictions as well online. So next season, League 2 looks like this. Accrington, Barrow, Bradford, Colchester, Crawley, Crewe, Doncaster, Forest Green Rovers, Gillingham, Grimsby, Harrogate, Mansfield, MK Dons, Morecambe, Newport, Notts County, Salford, Stockport, Sutton, Swindon, Tranmere, Walsall, Wimbledon and Wrexham. It's a very appetising league, isn't it? I mean, when you see it all written down, it does look particularly strong, but Wrexham have to be right up there as favourites to go up 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, you've you've got to. I mean, we'll make our one to you know one uh, top to top to bottom predictions in the coming weeks. Definitely, Wrexham have got to be in that top seven. I, I've seen a lot of people saying it's um, you know a little bit of arrogance to say Wrexham are going to come. I, I don't see it like that. You have to just look at the, the facts. I don't. I know you you like that the Rafa Benitez facts, but Wrexham have got a squad more than capable, I believe, of contending for at least the playoffs. I'm not saying Wrexham are going to win it. I'm not saying they're going to come second, but top three, I think, is is viable with a couple of additions. And I think as the squad as it is constructed currently, you know, there's no reason we can't get top seven for sure. Well, I look at it as Wrexham have just won the National League record-breaking style, 111 points. This Wrexham team is, I, I'm not going to say much better, but it's certainly better than a Stockport team that won the league a year ago and they finished fourth. They had a very bad start to League Two. There's, yeah. there's more mitigation. There's more room for you to have bad spells in in League Two as well. There's also a lot more chance of finishing in a promotion place because there's free automatics and then the playoff positions as well. You look at even the teams that finish in the playoffs this season. Is that Salford team better than this Wrexham team? Is that Carlisle team better than the, this Wrexham team? Man for man throughout the squad. Again, you you say Nate that maybe we are guilty of arrogance and we've watched this Wrexham team who win most weeks, but. I really don't think we're far off the standards of the top teams in League Two already. We can go out this summer, hopefully add some more big names to, to the squad. And again, next season, we're going to have more allowance in terms of substitutions. There'll yeah. be more variety in terms of changing the games and, and influencing them as well. So I, I know there's going to be maybe a, a reality check. And it won't surprise me at all if on the first day of the season we lose and people are starting <laughs> to say, oh, Wrexham, they, they got too big for their boots. But it's going to be such a long season again, 46 league matches. I do think that over the course of that, our quality is going to show through. And I certainly think we'll be top seven. Uh, to be honest, I, I can't really say for sure there's going to be three teams better than us. So why not automatic? It, hmm, I would say the first thing I would say is there's an, it's very, very difficult to imagine replicating that, that Im- impeccable home form. I just can't. See, I mean, I, no, I can't. I don't see. see a, I, I don't see a team doing that. Never mind us. I, I don't see a team replicating that level of dominance at home. It just unprecedented, unheard of. So, for one, we are going to lose games at home. I think that will just be inevitable. But you're allowed, you know, that you're allowed more slip-ups. If I look at it, I look at MK Dons getting Graham Alexander. I think that's a very good appointment. Big fan of his at, at Salford. Gary Neville's already said um, previously that it was his one of his biggest mistakes as an owner was. Sacking Graham Alexander. I think they'll be up there. Forest Green will be in good nick. Stockport will be one of the favourites to go up. Let's see what Notts County do in terms of who they keep. But I would say we're better than them right now. Um, well, we factually are, aren't we? I mean, we'll, we'll be we'll, we'll be, we'll be up there. Uh, barring, you know, you never know with these things. Injuries, disaster, you know, disastrous runs of form. Anything could happen. But let's just say it all goes to plan. I think Wrexham... Yeah, you're going to struggle to... And if you do find three, you're going to struggle to get six or seven better than than Wrexham, for sure. That's the point, isn't it? I mean, there's going to be other big teams up there, and I still... I'm maybe not one of the people who think we're going to win the actual league, but I do no. think we'll be in the promotion picture. We uh, asked you on social media as well in the wake of the uh, playoff final what you expected for next season. A uh, friend of the podcast, Joe Edwards, said sixth. Annette Gardner said we'll be in the top three. Rob nice. Abel said playoffs is a massive success, in my opinion. It's going to be some awesome season. Uh, Andy Phillips says, I'm just happy to get out of the damn National League. I don't care. However, first, obviously. Jonathan Hughes says, so hard to gauge, but with a couple of quality signings, especially regarding goalkeeper, I'd say we'll get to the playoffs. Alan O'Grady said, with the current squad, we should get about 80 points, which should put us on the verge of automatic promotion. Sean Carr says, top by six points. So many games I'm looking forward to. Kevin White said, top, she- top seven should be the target. I mean, you know, the, the voice from inside the club, all the noise will be, we have to get into the top seven. We have to get yeah. playoffs. We really have to keep this momentum going. And, you know, we, we've seen, though, haven't we, Nate? I suppose bringing this on maybe to a wider picture, the the championship playoff final as well. At the weekend. Mm. Luton, now a Premier League team. Why not Wrexham? There was that, yeah. you know, there was so much of the storyline heading into the game was of Coventry and L- Luton playing each other 
in League Two in what was it last seven or eight years ago, and now they were both playing one game away from the Premier League. So why not Wrexham? Surely yeah. this weekend has proven more than ever that we have the capability now to not just get promoted from League Two, but to go all the way up the pyramid. But of course, we now need to focus on the league in hand rather than getting a bit too excited about potential Premier League playoff finals. Yeah, I mean, you just got to do it step by step, haven't you? And 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 you know it, that will breed success. I think that's one of the beauties that this group have got is they never really look like getting carried away. They just they just seem so so comfortable taking it a game at a time. And it's so cliche when you hear that. And when you know when I'm interviewing players or you're interviewing players, it is one of the big bugbears when they're just one game at a time and you don't look too far forward. But you can't you can't start. You can dream of it, but you can't start realistically looking at championship playoff finals and <laughs> Premier League and and actually we got an email of, of someone from America or a review on chart uh, on one of the charts and uh, so thanks for that by the way I, I need to f- dig it out when I'm um, not, not juggling a job at work but somebody said basically what you said Rich about they were actually really pleased for you to say that about you know necessarily the goal not being not not being the Premier League because that, that would be amazing but that not being the be all and end all because I think there's a, a good column in the mail tomorrow about why Luton is such a good story in, in, in that they embody everything that the Premier League sort of isn't right now in terms of this this like class elite, you know, spending huge amounts of money and, and losing its community identity. And there's been a lot of scoffing about the away entrance at Kenilworth Road and kind of snorts of derision. But actually that is what makes the story so great that it's, it hasn't lost touch with the community. It's basically built into the houses in the community, if you haven't seen Kenilworth Road, I mean, it is part of the part of the estate, part of the terrace, basically there. Um, you know, and you can walk up the, the the steps, the ladder at the back, and see people pegging out their washing and all that sort of stuff, and that adds to the charm. And the Premier League, I've seen a lot this week, Rich, about oh god, this is what a terrible Premier League. You've got Bournemouth and Burnley and um, you know Luton and all these things, and actually that that should be Not celebrated. Not even Bramley, and you know. Yeah, the yeah, that team from but that that should be celebrated really, and not of course not scoffed be, yeah. at. So, so I'm I'm looking at it, you know, I'd, like we both work on on a kind of Premier League level, and even stuff like stadiums and players, the same, it's always the same same players, same stadiums every single year, and it just becomes so sterile. So teams like Luton, this is why Wrexham in a way has captured the imagination of so many. Is all right, yeah, rivals in League Two next season will be desperate to knock Wrexham off, but. In the big picture, in the big, big picture, Championship fans and Premier League fans will look at Wrexham and go, yeah, you know what, w- wouldn't mind it if they can go all the way because that would be a hell of a story. Yeah, I think as well, just for maybe fans of elite teams or people who aren't really even that familiar with British football anyway, just to see Wrexham, to see the nitty-gritty nature of it, these players who aren't on million-pound contracts, players who won't be retiring at the age of 35, 36, or in the case of a goalkeeper, 40, you know, it's 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 interesting, isn't it, that we've still managed to, to keep that community side. And like I said, it was, was it three, four podcasts ago. I was just saying that for me, that trip to Brighton, as, as brilliant as it was, and all Brighton were doing on the pitch, which is brilliant. They have probably been the the biggest overachievers in the Premier League this, this past season. There right. was still an element of it all that had just been watered down a bit, I thought. Like I said, playing Hey Jude and Sweet Caroline and stuff, it just and freed from desire. I was just like... This is so, and that's I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm going to to interrupt you slightly. That's why bands like the Declan Swans and you know Johnny Ash and all these sorts of things. I know Neil, who listens, does a lot of kind of playlists of local music, and it's it's little touches like that. When you add all those little touches up, that's what makes your match day experience. And once that becomes, you know, a, a, an external entertainer and a light show and you know, some fire cannons that I see at Wolves and all that sort of stuff, it, it, it becomes everything else. It becomes everything it wasn't, you know, when, when people fell in love with it. So we'll see. It, things will change as you go up the ladder, inevitably. But let's try as best we can and keep as many community touches. Let's try and keep, you know, tribute to the Gresford disaster, you know, in the, in the new stand or, or on the kit or, you know, keep the dragon, keep things that mean a lot to us that don't really need to be changed as you go up the ladder. And that's the thing, isn't it, that at the end of the day, it's still Wrexham. You can try changes, marketers, makers into a different club, but we're still the same people, the same 
DNA, same fabric of the club at the very heart of it, going through the veins. You know, the wider sort of beast can evolve, get bigger, get a bit more commercial. It can be maybe a bit more savvy, but at the end of the day, it's a working class football club with the community and its its devoted fans at, at the very core. And yeah, it's just always a little word of warning, I suppose. That the bigger we get, sometimes you've got to be careful what you wish for. And, you know, success can often mean that the club you love can change. Like I said, this is I'm not saying this is a complaint towards Wrexham at the moment. I'm just saying it as a word of warning going forward because I've seen with many of these Premier League teams, once they become sort of established right at the top, that's when it can all become a bit too commercialised and, like I said, sanitised and just a bit bit bland really and you like you say you lose those unique touches that make clubs so special and Wrexham have got a lot of those on the Luton uh, sort of element the aspect uh, Jordan Davis spoke to the leader this week and he said we can look at their situation and try to replicate it certainly in terms of Luton progressing from the National League Rob and Ryan talk about being in the Premier League and everyone has a little giggle. But if Luton can do it, then it will make everyone realise that it is possible. And I suppose, Nate, that is another underlying theme here, isn't it? That while we say maybe we don't want to get to the Premier League, I won't be complaining if we ever do. And we certainly have that that player base. But to bring it back to another, well, former Wrexham player instead, Neil Taylor. He he had an interview this week with the BBC saying that Wrexham need to avoid sort of becoming a circus, to avoid signing over-the-hill players. We had, was it Morton Gamps Pedersen saying he'd love to play for Wrexham? Mm. Hal robson Carney saying he'd come out of retirement to play for Wrexham? I mean, Ben Foster was the exception to that because he was a top talent who came in, did his job on the pitch primarily, but also had that sort of media attention and and that publicity that came with it. But it is a good point, isn't it, that Neil Taylor makes, that we're getting now to the sort of stage of the summer where transfers start to pick up pace. You know, managers have an idea of their budget going into the new season, play retain lists are largely out now. And I suppose there's always got to be a temptation to go for a player and, and to stamp your authority in the transfer market. But it is going to be a real, maybe difficulty to resist temptation, would you say? I mean, you can't become a retirement home after one promotion. I get, I get all the razzmatazz and you know the appeal. I mean, from a player's perspective, why wouldn't you want to attach yourself to Wrexham? You know, some of these, some of these players who are either over the hill now or or coming to the end of their career. I don't want to call them like leeching on to to Wrexham, but Wrexham is the the shiny thing that that is getting lots of attention and um, you know. Uh, and, you know, in the National League, we're paying a premium. You would hope now that that premium ceases to exist, you know, because you would hope that they'll buy an EFL players to drop out. We're, we're now in the EFL and you would hope that players just, just want to come for, hate the, the word, but for the project and for the chance to build. And talking about Luton, I mean, we've seen Bournemouth go from League to the Premier League. We've seen Swansea go from League to the Premier League. I know they're back in the Championship now. We've seen, you know, likes of Southampton go from League One you know, Coventry were on the cusp of going from what League Two to the 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 Premier League, and and so it's it's I see what Jordan was saying there. You know, you get kind of get scoffed at when Robin Ryan say it, more so because people think well they don't know what they're talking about, they don't they don't get it. But I mean, countless examples of teams that have actually scaled the pyramid. So I I don't see why Wrexham is a as is, is any different. You know, in terms of in, in terms of what Wrexham can do. I mean, if anything, Wrexham have got appeal at these levels that is unheard of. You know, documentary crew, global attention, global fan base, huge turnover, massive sponsorship deals. You know, we've seen Betty Buzz of, of um, you know, they've they've renewed their deal. Vista Prince now on the back of the shirt. I'm still, wait, wait, you know, waiting to see the front of the shirt. But, you know, all these deals are, are escalating. Stoke race course since we've, since we've last... Spoke rich. Um, Can we do it on a you know, cold Tuesday night in Stoke? Uh, I mean, uh, less we sound that, the better, I guess. But, um, well, you know, I, 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 that's the question, though, isn't it? I mean, we spoke about this when we, um, we had Sean Harvey on, uh, when you went away to New York. And, you know, yeah. I sort of mentioned at the time, didn't I, that from my own point of view, I'm, I wasn't too bothered about us selling on Maven rights because at no. the end of the day, to me, it's still the race course. Last season, no one was saying, oh, Barcelona playing at the Spotify Camp Nou tonight. It was still just the Camp Nou. When Newcastle were owned by Mike Ashley, no one was calling it 
the sports direct arena, were they? It's still the race course. I know some people are going to be uh, protective of, of of the brand and maybe the history and, and and what the race course is, and maybe you sell a little bit of your soul if you if you sell it off. But to me, to me, it doesn't really affect the day to day running of the club whatsoever, and we get loads of money for it. So, over at Rich, do you, want, do you want me to name? Do you want me to give you some League Two stadium sponsor names? Oh, because I, if you think. So here we go. So Accrington Stanley, the Wham Stadium. Okay, AFC George Wimbledon. Michael or the, no. or the Sweet Bar? <laughs> Have you ever had a Wham the... Bar before? Never. I've never had one, actually. What's it like? Uh, one of those bars. Caramel? No, you know, like, you get those, like, refresher bars. They're about 10, 15p, and they just stick your you. teeth. They just destroy fillings. That's what they do. I can't have them anymore, but... They they yeah, used to be my favourite. Yeah, I used to love those growing up, but then I had to have four cavities filled this year, so yeah. no more sweets for me. Well, the, when you go to Accrington, right by your house, no wham for you. So that's that's the wham stadium. I mean, AFC Wimbledon near near where I am right now, known colloquially as Plough Lane. You know, and, and the new Plough Lane. It's not called that. It's called the Cherry Red Record Stadium. I'll, I'll breeze through a couple more. Let me pick out Colchester, the Job Serve Community Stadium, Crawley, the People's Pension Stadium. Crew Mournflake Stadium, um, what else we got here? Uh, Harrogate, the Enviro Event Stadium. Um, what else have we got here? Salford, obviously the Peninsula Stadium. Swindon, the Energy Check County Ground. Walsall, the Poundland Bescott Stadium. You know, it's not uh, not just Wrexham that they're trying to cash in and make and make some money. And as 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 all these people know, executives and you know. It's all. It's it's mainly just commercially that, that they get named. You know, whenever people do media about them, or no one is calling Bradford Stadium Valley. You know, no one's calling it the University of Bradford Stadium. Very much calling that Valley Parade. I'm sure Bradford is being called Holker Street and not the SO Legal Stadium. So, nothing new, and I'm very sure a very very lucrative money spinner. I was going to say as well um, on the Luton front here, and this isn't Luton pod, but it was interesting, Luton, wasn't, it? wasn't it? It was interesting though the narrative of Mpanzu. He's he's gone to the Premier League now. He was with Luton in non-league. He played in a non-league playoff final for them. So flip on his head. Who do you think in this Wrexham team, if we were to get all the way to the Premier League, who could be the the Wrexham players who follow us from non-league to the Premier League? Right. So there's a few factors to consider here. How many years are you are you saying that it will take us? Because ultimately that is going to factor in. If a player is 28 and we're saying it'll take us 10 years. Then, then they probably won't. I think we'd have to go somewhere in the region of seven to eight years, right? For, so, for the fairness of it to be relevant to and a similar sort of comparison to to Luton as well. I mean, what what was there? Was there ten years in total from non-league to Premier uh, League? Who who could? It's tough, isn't it? Um, I'd love to see Aaron Hayden go all the way. I just think that I know he fell out the team at the end of last season with injury and stuff. But I just think physically he can get even better and a, a, a defender you would imagine is is able to scale the leagues potentially slightly better than a striker where you know striker is, is one where the quality does seem quite obvious you know m- m- I mean Mullin could go with us straight through to the championship depends how, how late we get there with him you know in terms of his age if he's 35 36 by the time we get there you know is he then is he then going to be firing us in the Premier League? I, don't, I mean, Billy Sharp was doing it with Sheffield United. I don't know. I mean, you look um, at players. I mean, Max would be an obvious one, wouldn't he? He's only 20 years old, Max Clowerth. So he could be playing in the Premier League at the age of 30 for Exum. And you know, that would tie him with a 10-year rise there, um, if that was to be the case. Sam Dolby, only 23. Seven to eight years. You know, he could be 31. Ryan Barnett, a player that maybe the player we are most excited to see last next season, I think we agreed, didn't we, when we had yeah, right. Beast on. Tom yeah. O'Connor. Only 24, Jordan Davis, 24, and then you get to... I, I mean, the dream The dream is to have Jordan go all the way. That would just mean more, you know. I, I know that doesn't... That, that's a, a, such a, a divide, not divisive, but it's such a banal debate sometimes because people say, well, it's great whoever gets there. Like, whoever gets you there, you celebrate and you cherish and, you, you know, they go down in club folklore. But a local lad who grew up next to the stadium is always better. Do you feel that there's been a means, maybe yeah. maybe not revisionism on Jordan Davis? Do you think some people have maybe do you think there's a verdict out on him considering last season didn't go to plan for him? Do you think some totally, people totally. think people have forgotten how good he was because the season before was one of the very best individual seasons I think I've ever seen 
from a midfielder at, at any level, really. If you if you look at the goals and assists that he got, to be playing in, in that squad, to be playing so regularly as well, a player who had hadn't before that really had too much of a defined position. You know, with the season before he'd played in, did we say eight or nine positions? He'd played centre-back, right. played both full-backs. He, it was that sort of Halifax game where he scored the hat-trick that seemed to oh, yeah. turn his fortunes round. And I do feel like next season is the make-or-break one, really, for Jordan Davis to prove just, it is. just it how is. good he is. Well, Rich, I, funny you mentioned this, actually, Jordan Davis's like position and stuff, because we've got an article going up... I assume provided i don't fall asleep when i edit it uh, and i was not going to guess the actual content it's really good but um thursday when you listen to this there should be an article on robryanred.com by a contributor um called alex uh, who has written a piece about how Wrexham could maybe use the box midfield which is becoming quite popular in um in the premier league particularly you've seen pep body always uses it with john stones slotting in there and and he's kind of proposed a box midfield that could utilize both jordan davis and elliot lee with Andy Cannon and Tom O'Connor. It's a good piece. It's an interesting piece, quite thought-provoking of if we wanted a plan B, if we if we needed change or, or the opposition we were playing, we needed a different system to to change it up and try and have a bit more of the ball, that is a piece. So go read that on robbrianred.com. And if you want to contribute to the website, get in touch. I know a few you have. I'm going to try and get back to you um, as best I can, just juggling a few things. Um, but, it wasn't yeah. very fair of me, that was it? I said, can we have people to write for the interview? And then I went away on holiday for two weeks. So I just left yeah. you to deal with the... You were just in Super Mario. You, you were just in Nintendo World or wherever you were. Um, which actually looked great, by the way. I'd, that Of all the parts of your trip, there were lots of good ones. That looked like the best part. I'd say it was more style over substance. That's the right. the only downside to Super Mario World is that the Japanese... It looked good. The Japanese like the experience maybe more than the actual sort of rides and stuff. Right. I came as a Westerner. There was only sort of two or three worthwhile rides to go on in all of Universal Studios Japan, which... You'll be glad to know, as you alluded to at the start of the podcast, I somehow booked tickets for, turned up on the wrong day, and had to buy new ones instead. So yeah, two hundred pound down the drain because I bought them. I bought the most expensive tickets you could to get guaranteed entrance to Super Mario World because there's only million, there's million only a, a season ticket. Oh yeah, there's only a certain like allocated amount of people who can go in Super Mario World a day. So I had to go onto the Japanese USJ website order these tickets, uh, pay for the premium, fast passes, guaranteed entry, all the shebang. And then the day before I was meant to go to USJ, I logged on to get my QR codes already. And I realized I got the dates wrong. And the day I was checking was the day I was meant to be at the park. And I only had an hour before it shut. Had to phone the Japanese helpline, which wasn't very helpful, and ended up having to go back the, the next day and just buy new tickets from scratch. So yeah, lesson of the story is always check the calendar. So when yes. those Rex and fixtures do drop, check... June 22nd. Check those fixtures carefully, okay? And Rich, here's a question from your trip to, to finally wrap up your Japan trip. What was the standard? Because you went to watch Kyoto, was that right? Yes, Kyoto Sanga against Cerezo Osaka. So Shinji Kagawa, the former Minata player, was playing for... What was that Cerezo. quality like then? Decent or...? Dreadful. It was like <laughs> it was like watching Rex and Pre takeover. Um, you oh, know, God. it was it was interesting. Like it was really interesting to be in the stadium. The the atmosphere was superb. Like really, really good. I I thought it was gonna be quiet, but the chanting doesn't really correlate to what's happening on the pitch. But the the chanting is really loud, and they've got you know good choreography. They have a good repertoire of of songs as well. But it was like one nil to Fraser Osaka, and it was like a dirty own goal that gave them the lead. And there was maybe no other shot on target in the entire game, but. You can drink in the stands, so that helped pass the time. But God. speaking of that, I tried to buy two beers and accidentally bought two beef burgers, one of which was for Chloe, and she's a vegetarian. So that was that was a nightmare. Rich, one of the big things in work this week has been this Pochettino, Maurizio Pochettino taking over at Chelsea and lo and behold his first game against the mighty Wrexham in North Carolina Chapel Hill, North Carolina I'll be there, I know lots of people are I'm in, I think I'm in the fan section 117, so say hello if you see me there I'm sure I'll uh, try and bring along some um, something to point myself out as the, the podcast guy if I can be that um, but Pochettino's first game against Wrexham Pochettino v Parkinson, a meeting of minds, football ingenious 
should be interesting. I mean, in a weird way, the, the appointment means that he'll probably put out some decent players from the Chelsea perspective. Well, they've got enough players, haven't they? I mean, even if you look at a weakened Chelsea side, they've bought so many players that you're guaranteed to see some some superstars just because they have got, you know, so much quality and it doesn't do them any favour really to, to go out to the US and, and play the kids because they've got to really get an idea of who's going to be yeah. part of their squad next season. And, you know, even some of their kids are immensely, immensely talented anyway. So it's going to be really interesting. And I, from Rex's point of view as well, it won't do us any favours if we go out there and get tonked by a reserve Chelsea team who are trying to turn, turn you know, turn around under Pochettino and try and make a, a better go of it next season. Of course, they've been linked with some huge signings as well this summer. I mean, from my point of view as well in work, the amount of players I see linked every single day to Chelsea, they've got a lot of money still to spend as well because they do they sign these players over such long-term deals that they can get around FFP rules that way. So it's going to be fascinating, isn't it? I think it's going to be so surreal. Like you said, you'll be there. But when I sort of maybe wake up and I see the highlights or I see those pictures and you are just watching the Wrexham players we idolise going face-to-face with Mad. with people like... you know. Raheem Sterling, you know. Yeah, imagine, much. Rich, imagine imagine it's, um, imagine they play, they probably won't, but let's just say for argument's sake, they play Thiago Silva at the back and you've got Aaron Hayden against Thiago Silva, you know, yeah, Brazil yeah. international at the corner. There was a, there was a, I don't know if people saw it the other day, it was on quite late, but Jacob Mendy and Aaron Hayden did like a, a double act Instagram live and they were talking, answering questions and, and, and Aaron Hayden said, confirmed basically that that story we said very months and months ago about how he did the C, the Ronaldo C celebration um, behind closed doors. So I'm sure he'll be trying to do something similar if he scores. It'll be such a good experience. I wonder if we've got any Chelsea fans in the squad as well. I think Aaron Hayden is a Tottenham, Tottenham fan. Dolby's a Tottenham fan. Um, I think Bryce Hosanna might be an Arsenal fan. Well, even that's more that... edge, isn't it? For a Tottenham fan to get to play against Chelsea in pre-season and to... To pile up the misery, class. But I, but but I think I think for those going to open training, for those going to that match, I think Chelsea will will put out a decent team, and that should be a belting match. That I, I think you know of all Wrexham's matches, we've got that that might be the best one that we know so far because you've got Los Angeles Galaxy's second string. You know what are we going to learn from that? Too much. I'm sure there'll be a lot of stars there from you know from Rob's group of friends, and then the United game, Rich. I mean, we're expecting. Under 18s, under 21s. Yeah, it'd be Man United Academy most likely. That maybe a few of the first teamers who are slightly out of favour. People like Anthony Alanga. You know, I I don't expect that it'll be the very best. Charlie Savage maybe. Uh, he's come back from lower right. screen Rovers. I think that'll be a, you know, a, a lot of interest in that one. I mean, potentially even you know, Rex might be saying to United if one or two players impress in those games why can't we have them on loan next season because United are very keen to loan their best players out at youth level to sort of league one league two teams so I know we've been against that in the past I've always said that I'd rather we don't sign top sure. teams under 23s and, and stuff but maybe when you're in the football league and you've got more of a sort of allowance for for, for squad size and and players to come I, in I think, more I, think as, I think as well I think as well which I mean if you're the manager like two two parter one, if you're the manager, surely you would want them to go to a team where Wrexham, for example, would expect to have a lot of the ball. So if you're a midfielder, they would get a lot of touches on the ball, a lot of chances to create, you know, chance of high assist total. Not easy for Charlie Savage at Forest Green to get that. And secondly, not to put you on the spot, will it be Ten Hag in the dugout against Wrexham or will it be a, a youth coach that will that'll take that, do you think? Because they're already out there, aren't they, United, doing their own tour? Yeah, I... I... From what I understand, it probably still will be Eric Ten Hag, but it'll probably be supported right. by by maybe a youth team manager. I mean, that's just mad, though, isn't it? Like Parkinson against Pochettino and Ten Hag preseason. That's yeah, it, it is, and that's <laughs> surreal. This is the modern world of Rex, now, isn't it? I mean, we joke every week about the preseason trips to was it the Isle of Wight, Isle of Man tournament. I, uh, I always get those. Aberys- Aberystwyth was the one, wasn't it? That was the one. Uh, the tour is at Aberystwyth and. The pub trips and all that. There was that one in Scotland. It was like summer 2013. We played. Oh, yeah. Sterling Albion or someone. I think Kevin Fulton scored like two or three. And yeah, this is New Wrexham that we've just just got to get used to. And I suppose the interest as well will be if there's any new faces in the Wrexham team by then. And hopefully you'd, you'd expect at least some clarity on the goalkeeper situation because we've got Mark Howard now playing in a seven-a-side tournament. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, moving on to that seven aside, I mean, is that a signal that Mark Howard is third choice next season? I mean, it isn't necessarily much of a signifier either way. But Rob Layton currently back at the race course, working on his fitness, determined to be the number one. Ben Foster, as far as we know, talks are ongoing and, and no decision made yet. I, I can't, the longer it goes on, the more I can't work it out what's going to happen there. I, I'm not even going to pretend I'm in the know on that. I don't know. Luke Young and Jordan Davis were speaking at the Mice Quinn the other week. They said, I think they were telling people there that Ben Foster said after a couple of drinks in Vegas that he was staying. Is that is that true or is it, it, it was that the drink talking? Not 100% sure, but um, I think he was telling some of the lads in Vegas that he was planning on staying. He's just had Ollie Palmer on his podcast. I'm still leaning towards he stays, Rich. I, I just think he will, but I'm also not averse. You know, as I've already said, I think we had Rich um, Sutcliffe on from The Athletic and I think we were both in agreement that if he does knock on the head, I think that's the perfect way to go out as well. Yeah, that's how I view it. I think, like you said, I think my inclination would be that he probably does stay, but I'd maybe think it's best for a parties if he didn't. And that was the end. And, you know, like we said, if, if Ben Foster stays brilliant, we've got a top goalkeeper for the next season. But it then means that no matter what happens next summer, we are probably looking to get another goalkeeper in. And I'd rather just get players part of the project now and and have them in place, really, and, and, and see how far we can rise to them. And yeah, who knows? I mean, it's, it's a good problem to have, isn't it? Oh, we're going to sign Ben Foster in League Two. It's still surreal that we've we've got used to this. We're talking about these preseason friendlies. We're talking about the possibility of Ben Foster playing for Wrexham again next season. But you know, forty six games plus the cups. It's it's very very different to to playing in the in the sort of just under what was it seven games he played towards the end of last season. Uh, it's it's completely different kettle of fish. But interesting to see. I suppose on transfers, Nave too that always crop up. Andy Cook's just signed a new deal at Bradford, so that one's looking unlikely. Of course, touched base with his agents earlier in the year, and they said there was absolutely nothing in the reports that we have going to try and move for him. I think, was it in the January window, or was it February mark before our non-league window had closed? Uh, Alfie May as well, going to leave Cheltenham, but reports suggest he might be going to League One instead, uh, being linked with Charlton Athletic, isn't he? So, I think... Yeah, I mean, Sheffield Wednesday, admirers of him as well, they've just gone up, haven't they? So... I mean that would be that would be a decent move for him as well. So I'm not so sure Alfie May's North Wales bound. It's interesting though, isn't it? I mean, what type of caliber of striker do you think we need? I think we all agree that we need another. Do you think we're signing someone who comes in and we know is going to be sort of a reserve striker, or do you think we sign someone who's going to no. come in and be, you know, elite for this level? Someone who's going to be the I, best I, striker in League Two again? Yeah, I I think you sign. There's a thing in the NBA where they say don't draft for fit, you know, draft for talent. Just get the best player available. BPA, they call it, best player available. And I would say do the same. I wouldn't worry about fit and 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 kind of... And I wouldn't get go and get another reserve. I think we did that with Billy Waters. We don't need to do that again, in my opinion. Just go and get the best. Go and get the best player you can get. Get the best. If, if it's a League 2, if it's a top-end League 2 striker, if it's a top-end League 1 striker or bottom half um, prem, bottom half championship striker, get the best you can get that fits the timeline we're on right now. So, you know, if we could have got Alfie May and who knows, we might pull out something later out of the bag that we don't know, don't know everything, we're not Nostradamus, um, then great, I'd be absolutely buzzing M&M up front. If it's not to be and it's someone else, then so be it. I mean, look, Amari Patrick proved ex Wrexham in the playoff final, came up with a big goal. Lots of talent out there. Yeah, I suppose again that's the running theme, isn't it? That so far we've we've been almost flawless in our recruitment. So in Parker, we trust again. Nate, we mentioned it just then. Mentioned it again. The seven aside tournament. You'll be keeping your eyes on that this week. Very exciting. It kickstarts today when you listen to the podcast. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it, actually. I mean, lots of different rules. No slide tackles. No offsides. No throw-ins. I think you can get sent off if you don't take a throw in from the specific area or you don't get subbed on on the right area lots of different rules it take a bit of getting used to but I mean look Sesc Fabregas is in a team against Wrexham what's not to like I think it'll be great fun seeing Trundle and Morel back together you know Liam Grimshaw ex-Man United George Boyd is in there as a guest you've got a couple of the young lads Louis Lloyd I went through the squad last week so go back and listen to that or just keep checking on socials the kit looks very nice it just looks great Mark Howard in goal I'm looking forward to it. And so there's two games on the day you're listening to this. If you're listening on Thursday, the 1st of June, 
Um, 6.30pm UK time, Wrexham are playing Como. And about 1am on Friday the 2nd of June, Wrexham are playing US Women. And then about 6.30, I think it is on the Friday, we've got a final group game against Sayward FC. So I'll be doing my best to um, live blog those and, and kind of share as many updates from them in the video. And yeah, great. And I actually spoke to Rich, maybe I can play a little clip of it now, but I actually caught up with... George Boyd, who um, is you know is one of the guest guest players for the team, and knows David Jones, who's manager and, and player, um, very well from their Burnley days, their Sheffield Wednesday days. So here's what he had to tell me about basically how how the move came about and how he's been dusting off the boots from the five side. Guess George, first question: You're one of the guest players. How did the opportunity come about to play for Wrexham? Uh, well, my good friend David Jones, who was at uh, Burnley and Sheffield Wednesday, with he uh, brought this up and uh, jumped out of the chance. Um, I think being over here, you you see how good it is, how well set up it is, and um, it's just really exciting and get a chance to to play football again. Yeah, what what did he? Because obviously, not much has been known about. Have you been playing like five aside Sunday league or anything since you, since you've been uh, retired? Just yeah, five aside with my friends on a Thursday. Um, and maybe a Tuesday, but um, yeah, it gives me my little fix of, of, of wanting to play because you do miss it uh, when you retire. So, um, and then to play on this stage of, with fans as well, it's a great opportunity. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, you're going to be coming up against in the group. I mean, Cesc Fabregas, who you played against when you were, you were at Burnley. I mean, it yeah. it's going to be some special games for for the fans watching. Yeah, who's name? And then obviously <laughs> Nash as well. I'm a big basketball fan, so it'd be great to see him. And um, yeah, I think the big names and the celebs coming here just gives it even more exposure. And uh, and that's the main thing, really. I mean, I, assuming you didn't imagine you'd be potentially going up against Steve Nash in, in midfield in, in a £1 million tournament about a year ago. No, no. But um, <laughs> I heard he's quite good. He, he loves his soccer or football. Decent. And, uh, yeah, and it'd be interesting to see how good he is. Yeah, so what was what was kind of Dave? Did Dave have to really sell it? But I know he's obviously been at Wrexham. Have you been following like what he's been doing at Wrexham? Because obviously played together at Wednesday and, and at Burnley. Yeah, um, obviously been following how he's doing and obviously the, the big exposure like commercially and um, how well is Wrexham are doing on the pitch and off the pitch. Um, it's exciting just to see how well they're doing and thankfully they got the promotion this season and I think off the field... Um, They've been really so clever with the social media aspect of it, and it's just blown up. And I think you'll find out with the fans out here how many Wrexham fans there will be. It's just shown how much of a global uh, success it's been. Yeah, and, and amazing. And you know, your former club as well, Burnley, Burnley going up as well this this year. But um, on the Wrexham front, what have you made of some of the lads? Because there's a few few characters in there, some younger lads, but some some old faces that fans know that are definitely characters. Yeah, I think they've been a really good bunch of lads. There's up, but it's a good mixture between old and young, and obviously Trons and Moza here, and um, <laughs> everyone's just generally excited just just to play football and, and being part of that like dressing room banter again. It's great to be a part of. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, the flight out and all that. Have you missed that kind of just camaraderie that a lot of players can't seem to replace when when they leave the game? Yeah, I don't think you can replace it. It's a special place, the change room. So um, to um, just have spent 20, 25 years in it and then it stops, it's, it's difficult to replace. You know, if you can spend a week with Truns and Mozza, I think you've uh, you've done well, really. Yeah, so, you know, you obviously you've been doing now, seeing like, a lot of talent, get, like scouting and talent identification. Some of the young lads in there that some fans will know of that have come through the reserves, Louis Lloyd, Dan Jones, Scott Butler, people like that. Are you obviously you're you're excited to be playing, but are you interested to see how and and help where you can those younger lads who are trying to find their yeah, way in the game? Yeah, I mean, it's a great experience for them. Obviously, there's there's big big crowds here, and then for them to test themselves against um, some really good players in West End and Wolves have brought some really big names who have, have played a lot of big part of professional football. So it's good for them to test themselves, and um, they've just got to soak it in, or really, and and enjoy the experience. Have you lads had to be quizzing yourself on all the different rules and regulations? It's not, not, normal, not normal Premier League stuff. No, and I think uh, the subs, like bringing subs on, you've got to be in a certain box or you get sent off and, and miss a game. So I think David's getting it drilled into us the uh, last few days of um, what to do and no slide tackles. And um, it's a very fast pace. I think like the thrones have got to be in within a certain five seconds. Um, so it'd be great for the fans to watch because it won't be stop-start. It'd be quite full intensity. Did, did Dave give you any kind of like reading up material for, before the trip? Was he kind of drilling anything into you being the coach? Yeah, yeah. he sent it all across to us, made sure we read, read it. And um, But there's so many rules. Um, um, but um, yeah, I think everyone will have it um, 
on lock or he'll be very annoyed manager at the end of the day. Yeah, I was going to say, what, 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 did you always see him as kind of a future coach, future manager? Because he's he's obviously been a hit with with the first team with Phil Parkinson, I know from from that. But did he someone that you always saw as a as a coach? Yeah, he's got a really good football brain. I think you can see that in the way he plays uh, and the position he plays. He, he has to be tactically and nowhere to be. And um, I think he's, he's taken it on really well. They, they speak really highly of him here and uh, all the staff. And um, I think he'll be involved a lot more in the first team next year doing the coaching. And, and what about you? You know yourself playing. If you had to dust off an old pair of boots, new pair of boots, new shin pads. What what we got? Yeah, for? no, I've got an old pair. Uh, you know how expensive these shoes are. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've just got an old pair out of the garage. So what, when we when were there last out in? Then you had to dust them off. Uh, no, I've been wearing them on a Thursday, uh, Thursday when I play football. So um, I've got worn them in. There'll be no blisters. And 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 I mean, everyone's going to say that they are um, they are in it to win it. But I mean, early impression. I mean, Wrexham have got a chance surely with they've got plenty of firepower good technical midfielders good first yeah. team goalkeeper you know there's a, a lot of there's a chance isn't there part of it yeah goalie especially in these goals if you've got a good goalie you've, you've got half a chance and, we, and we've got that here and um i think we've got a good blend between the experience and and some legs in the midfield and, and the young players and i see trans is, is still playing with, with in the <laughs> team and and you can see it technically he's still got it so um yeah obviously you're in to win it and, and see how far we go and yeah, and I mean, people will be saying, "Well, you've got younger lads to do the running for you." I mean, you seem like are you, you're in good shape, good fitness. Yeah, I still feel good. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how many games you can thought. It's two games tomorrow and then one on Friday. So how I feel after that. That's it. Um, and yeah, I mean, lastly for me, then just the experience so far. I mean, what have you? All the history that comes with Wrexham, you'll see a bit more in you, the fans. But I mean must be like nothing you've ever done before. And I know you've played at the highest level of the game, but it must be a completely brand new experience. Yeah, it's just exciting. I think, as I say, coming here and seeing it all set up and how many people they got working here and the pitches look immaculate. And I think when you come tomorrow and all, I think that all the tickets are sold out, especially the seats like where we're playing. And I think from what I hear, it's going to be all Wrexham, mostly Wrexham fans. And I think that just shows you how how big the club is globally at the minute. And um, you can just go from strength to strength from here. So there you go, Rich. I mean, he did, he was a man of few words, I thought, but very nice guy nonetheless. Straight to the and, point. Uh, straight to the point. I'm usually, you know, as you know by listening to this podcast, I'm very um, fluid with my words and like to elongate my points, but not, no, George Boyd, very decisive. And then, you know what? I actually think he'll be, I mean, he's, what is he now, 37, 38? I think he'll be an absolute baller in that midfield. And I actually think he'll be really good for players like, Louis Lloyd, Dan Jones, Scott Butler, you know, because he's just been on, he's been at the top level, been in the Premier League, played against Fabregas in 2017 when he was at Burnley and Fabregas was at Chelsea. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'd be great. And look, Wrexham, can they do it? As I said to George Boyd, there's every chance. There is every chance. It's going to be fun, isn't it? I think that's the, the majority as well. It's the major thing is, you know, it's going to be spreading the Wrexham name, building the brand across across the pond and again just a real fun occasion and I'm really looking forward to it and like we said look out for updates on Rob Ryan Red on all the socials I'm sure we'll be posting the best bits and keeping up to date with the scores as well and yeah Nath rising week then who knows what lies yeah. ahead <laughs> in the days that, that are coming but yeah it's been fun to be back on this this Rex and podcast. It's, it's a bit it's of a good to have you. It's good to have you back, one today. Yeah, we've, I feel like we've got through a lot of things considering nothing's really happened over the past week I've just I've I've been lost without you basically. You've been away. I did my best. I've uh, been trying to do bits for the YouTube. And, and but what I would say with the YouTube channel is, I know so far I haven't been putting up the full podcast. I think it's worked quite well so far. Just putting up reaction to news outside of our normal podcast window. So if there is updates on the kit or X Y Z, keep an eye on there. Uh, nearly a thousand subscribers, so go there and subscribe. And also keep an eye on social because we've got a giveaway. Rich, we should mention a shout out to the medal man who sent us very kindly sent us some replica medals, which can you give us a short verdict? Because I'm going to give one of those away. Uh, the the real deal. I mean, it turned it's up... Great. My, it's great, I, isn't it? Yeah, I, 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 I thought I was being rewarded for my contribution <laughs> to the Wrexham promotion efforts when it arrived in the post. I had no idea what it was. Yeah, my I neighbor tell you, it, that was a bit weird. Yeah, my neighbour just brought it round and it was a Vanarama winner's medal. I was like, what? I mean, cheers, Sean. I know I enjoyed the podcast with you, but you didn't have to go this far to repay me. And yeah, it, no, it was brilliant. And yeah, I would highly recommend them as a souvenir or a gift if you want to commemorate what was a fantastic season. And maybe if we do get to Premier League, you, you can have all your winners' medals lined up oh. you know, in one place. So yeah, keep an eye on our socials for that. Brilliant giveaway. And yeah, really, really, really cool 
to have. Yes, so that that'll be good. And as always, if you want to contribute to the website, robryanred at gmail.com. As I said, I'm going to try and get back to a few people. Pitch us ideas. I know we've got some ideas, but just pitch us what you would like to write and happy to give feedback where we can. Um, and, and then you'll have it on the website. And, and I'd uh, say, Nate, as well, if any supporters listening have any questions about the club that they want answering, let yes. us know because during the summer months, we can do a bit of a mailbag. We can get through your correspondence that I know we sometimes just don't have time to get around to in, in, in the regular season. So, yeah. Any questions, anything you want to suggest, just email us robryanred at gmail.com or get us on robryanred.com and use the contact form there. We will collate it all in one place. We'll try to get back to you as quick as possible. And like we said, any questions, we'll try to answer them in a future podcast. So I think that leaves us just to say thank you once again for joining us today to Red 10 People Development for sponsoring the podcast. Without you, we simply couldn't make this happen. And once again, thank you to Rex and Bass Band Hypnotic for the music, the stings we use in the podcast. You can check out their link in the description below. Please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already, if you're new around here. Word of mouth is the best way to repay us, though. If you just tell one friend, one Rex and fan who doesn't listen already about the podcast, that'll be the best way to give back to us. And yeah, take care. Thank you very much, and we'll see you again next time. Sayonara. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.